Thank you, God. We stand in Your grace today. We stand in Your strength today. We stand with Your hope and Your peace, Lord God. Jesus, You are the Prince of Peace. And when You had every reason to stay at war with us, to stay apart from us, instead, Father, You sent Your Son to make peace with Your people, to come into this earth as a baby, vulnerable and weak, and die on a cross, perfect, Lord God, for our sin, for our failures. Thank You, Father, that You made peace with us so that we could take Your peace to this broken world. We give You all the praise and all the glory this morning. In Jesus' mighty Name, Amen. Good morning. Thank You so much, team. Everyone may be seated. I want to echo... Ben and Amy's thanks this morning to the team, particularly to Tim and Ali and Ben and Amy and every single volunteer from last night. Uh, We were a family who just got to sit and receive and it was such a blessing and I felt so proud of the performance of our church and us being a light in the community and so impressed by the incredible standard of our performers I was considering just skipping the sermon this morning so that Hannah could do another rendition of Joyful Joyful Break Rap Breakdown. I am a friend of G.O.D. That was a highlight. I just could hear that over and over. So maybe another time, Hannah. Well, there are some phrases in the Australian language that deserve a certain response. So if I was to say to you, Aussie, 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 you would say... Very good. And the version for me of that growing up in church was that at the end of most services, someone at the front would say, peace be with you. And we would all respond, and also with you. Very good. Now, as a child growing up, I didn't really have an understanding of what that meant. I just said it because it was what we did in church. But today we're talking about peace. Last week in our Advent series, Ben kicked it off talking about hope. And today we're looking at this idea of peace. And as an adult, I realise that so many of us are yearning for peace. We have this quiet discontentment when it's busy, when it's frazzled, where we're longing for peace. We're longing for peace on a global scale. We're longing for peace in our homes. And most of all, we're longing for peace in our hearts. And Jesus has a lot to say about peace. So today we want to look at what the Bible has to say about peace. And we want to answer the question, can we have peace this Christmas? Now, obviously, we're heading into the Christmas season and lots of children are writing up their Christmas lists. Now, we haven't done this at home, but my son, Hunter, who's in U1, brought home one of his school books. And as I was flicking through it, I found his Christmas list. So you may not be able to read it, but I'll read it out to you. So it says, five things that I want for Christmas. It says, my own soccer field. Number two, a gigantic jumping castle with a 50-metre pool at the end. Uh, Number three, a giant water slide that goes for over an hour. I think he's scarred by those ones that, you know, cut it off early. Number four, a robot that does everything for me. And number five, to top it off, a helicopter. Now, unless he knows something that we don't, my seven-year-old is going to be severely disappointed on Christmas morning. 
But Christmas is all about giving gifts. And as we were reminded last night, the greatest gift that we have received is that the Father gave Jesus to the world. He gave His one and only Son. But Jesus, before He died, also gave His people a gift. So let me read with you from John chapter 14, verse 27. Probably a little bit too small for you. I'll read it out to you. I'm reading from the NLT version. So John chapter 14, verse 27. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So do not be troubled or afraid. Before Jesus was leaving from this world, before he was departing from the disciples, he wanted to give them a gift. And what did he give them? Peace of mind and heart. And there are three things that Jesus invites us to do with that gift this morning. He wants us to receive it, to enjoy it and to share it. And the first thing Jesus wants us to do with this gift is to receive it. I remember when uh, we were in COVID lockdown and we couldn't have birthday parties or family gatherings. And so friends and family would post us any presents for my boys' birthdays. And one thing that I haven't quite taught my boys is how to not always give their opinion on something. And so what I would do when we received these presents is that I'd video my children opening the present so I could send it to the gift giver and they could experience the excitement of them receiving the present. And there was a one time when my then four-year-old was opening a gift and I've got the phone on him, the video on as he's excitedly ripping off the paper and he opens it up and he just looks at it and then just looks deadpan at me and says, I don't want this. So I quickly stopped the video and I didn't pass that video back on to the gift giver and I was really grateful that was not a real time experience. But the thing with gifts is that we have to receive them. We have to want them. We can't leave them unwrapped underneath the tree. And that's what Jesus invites us to. What is this gift that He is giving us? He's giving us peace with God. Romans 5.1 says, through, the, through faith... Sorry, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What has Jesus brought us? What is the peace that He gave us? Peace with God. See, I don't know if you've ever had to give yourself a pep talk to get better at something, to tell yourself, oh, I've got to be more patient with my kids. I've got to be more kind to my spouse. I I want to stop yelling. I want to not eat so much at Christmas lunch. You've tried to do better in some area of your life. My hunch is that you might have improved for a little while, but it didn't take long before you failed even your own standard. You did yell again. You were impatient again. You weren't as kind and loving and forgiving as you could have been. You did eat a bit too much at Christmas lunch. And that has been happening ever since the world began. People have been failing not only their own standard, but God's standard. We've been falling short of what He has asked us to do and the people He has asked us to be. We haven't loved Him as we should. We haven't loved one another as we should. 
Instead of following him, we've been following ourselves. And so a gap has been created between us and God, between that perfect God and the failed people. And God as the holy, sovereign and righteous one has every good reason not to bridge that gap. We failed him. We let him down. We were the ones who ran away and didn't follow him. And yet what does he do? He sends Jesus to bridge the gap, to die on a cross for our failure, to be punished for what we have done wrong. Jesus was the gift of peace. And so often we can live our life thinking that God is angry at us, that He is disappointed, that He is ashamed. But God is there with an olive branch saying, come back to me. I wanna be at peace with you. And I can't help but begin this talk and this Christmas season by inviting you, if you are in a not right place with God, if God feels distant, if He feels far away, He is imploring you. He is inviting you. Come back to Him. Open the presence sitting underneath the tree. He wants to be at peace with you. And because of Jesus, He has flung open the door to His presence. And He wants you to walk in and be at peace with Him. He's not angry. He is waiting with arms open wide. God invites us to receive the gift of peace. But secondly, He wants us to enjoy this gift. So often we can receive the gift of salvation, receive peace with God, but then leave it on the shelf, not engage with it. See, my hunch is that we do all want peace. We want peace in our hearts. We want peace in our heads. We want peace in our homes. But often we can look for it in all the wrong places. We can feel frazzled and frustrated and go for a quick fix. We can turn to food or alcohol or our favourite TV show to think, I just need a little bit of peace. Some of you might have started your holidays already. Others will be looking forward to holidays, dreaming about lying on a beach, relaxed, reading a book, thinking about those times when everyone's happy, everyone's content, the kids are quiet, everyone is at peace. And we look forward to holidays because they represent this slice of peace, this peace that we long for. But the bad thing about holidays is that they end. (laughs) The peace runs out. I remember last Christmas, we'd had a lovely Christmas lunch. We'd had some great time together as a family. We were at my um, mum's house. And after lunch, my mum had set up this kind of makeshift water slide in the backyard. So all the kids were having a great time going down the water slide. Then all of a sudden, we hear this howling from the backyard. We all run out. All the parents are thinking, let it not be my kid. We run out and my then four-year-old had had a collision with his five-year-old cousin on the water slide, which ended up resulting in my nephew having an eye so swollen and bruised that he couldn't see out of it on Christmas afternoon. The peace ends, people. The peace ends. (laughs) But Jesus says, I give a peace that the world cannot give. The peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. People travel around all the world in search of peace. 
They go on retreats, on meditation. They go to other countries. They go to holy sites. They try mindfulness and meditation. And some of those things aren't bad, but they can never offer lasting peace. The peace will run out. The holiday will end. The peaceful meditation stops when you go to work. But Jesus offers a peace that never runs dry, that never ends. He offers a peace that the world cannot give. And he says, stop running to those other things that will run out. Stop running to those things that are short-lived and give you a few moments of peace and quiet. And instead, come to me. For the peace I give is not as the world gives. So if it's not found in a meditation retreat, if it's not found at a holy site, if it's not found in a detox diet, where do we get this peace? Well, the Apostle Paul knew a lot about peace. He had to face trials and challenges. He was abused, wrongly accused. He was spat upon. He was in and out of jail. And it was in prison that he wrote a letter to the Philippian church about peace. I want to read to you a verse that is very well known. It's from Philippians 4, 7. And it says, I have to read it from the screen myself. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Let me read to this to you again and see if you can see the promise in it. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace. This is a promise. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He has done. Then you will experience God's peace. If you are searching for peace this Christmas, let me tell you, this is the answer. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for what He has done. Then you will experience God's peace. Last year, I was wrestling with a decision that I didn't have peace about. I'd spoken to a few people in my world and two, two of them had told me to go a certain way. They were leaning towards a certain decision. And so I decided to call up one of the wise women in my life. And I thought, if this woman is also going for this decision, then that's three out of three. It's made. The decision is made. And so I called up the wonderful Kathy Kootman and I said, look, can I chat to you? I need some wisdom about a decision that I'm making. So Kathy came over to my life and I, sorry, my life, to my, she did come over to my life, but she came over to my house as well. And I sort of rolled out all of the things that I was wrestling with in this decision that I had to make and all of the different factors. I thought, great, I'm ready now for Kathy, a word of the Lord, perhaps a bit of prophecy. She can just speak into me, tell me which way to go. And so Kathy just very calmly paused for a moment and she said, well, Anna, I don't know what you're meant to do, but Jesus does. So let's pray to him. I thought, yeah, okay, good point, Kathy. <laughs> I was hoping for it to be a little bit more direct than that, but I suppose we can pray. 
So we prayed. And what Kathy prayed is that God bit by bit would lead me into the right decision. And that's exactly what happened. God didn't flood me with his peace. He can do that. He didn't in that situation. He didn't flood me with his peace. I didn't walk out with this massive encounter with God that I'd been looking for. I'd totally been doing the flop open your Bible and give me a verse to tell me which way to go. Hadn't been working. That's why I called over Kathy. <laughs> but what I did do was I continued to tell God what I needed and I thanked him for all that he had done. Day by day, moment by moment, sometimes it felt like minute by minute, and God did direct me in that decision. And 12 months on, I can tell you it was the right decision. And God's peace did come into that situation. And it wasn't straight away. It was through walking that faithfulness of again and again, submitting and surrendering my thoughts to Him and saying, give me wisdom and peace in this decision. And that's what God calls us to do. Enjoy the peace that He has set forth for us. So we are called to receive the peace. We're called to enjoy the peace and engage with it because we live in a world of worry. We live in a world where people are afraid, where they are troubled, where they are worried about everything. And it is so easy to be worried about our life, worried about our future, worried about our health, worried about our children, worried about the things outside of our control, worried if God will provide and how He will work in a situation. But what is the antidote to worry and trouble and fear? Peace. The Apostle Paul says, do not worry about anything. Jesus says, do not be troubled or afraid. Why? Because we have the peace of God. That passage from Philippians says, if you tell God what you need, if you thank Him for all He has done, the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. See, God doesn't promise that bad things won't happen to us, that challenges or frustrations or failures won't happen. But when they do, we have a fortress of peace around us. We have the peace of God guarding our hearts and minds. So they can come up to that fortress, but they cannot enter into our heart and our mind. We are in Christ Jesus. It's not us conjuring up this peace. It's not us creating how to be contented and joyful. It's because we're in Christ Jesus. We stand within Him. He is the shield around us. And no matter what arrow is coming towards us, we have the peace of God held up by the one and only Saviour Jesus, Jesus defending our peace. So those thoughts are gonna come. Those thoughts of fear and worry. What if, oh no, I'm not sure. God, I'm concerned, I'm worried, I'm fearful, I'm afraid. And that's when we stand up and say, fight my battle, God. Fight it with your peace. You are a fortress around my heart and my mind. Give me your peace, the peace that you bought on the cross. We're to receive the peace, we're to enjoy the peace. And finally, we are to share the peace. When Jesus gave His peace to His disciples, He wasn't giving a peace that was passed on. He wasn't giving a hand-me-down present. One of the translations of that passage says, where Jesus says to His disciples, the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. The peace I give is my peace. My peace I give to you. 
Jesus knew that the disciples were going to face challenges. He knew at that moment that they were going to go off and be persecuted. He says later in the chapter, you'll get thrown out of synagogues. You will be hated. You'll be despised. You'll be spat upon. You'll be betrayed. You will be forsaken by your brothers and sisters. So what was the gift that Jesus gave to them, knowing the challenges that they would face? He wanted to give them His peace. And why? Because He knew that it worked. What was the thing that helped Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane as He sweated drops of blood, knowing that the very next day He was going to die on a cross? What was the thing that enabled Him in that moment to say, not my will, Lord, but Yours? Peace. What was the thing just before He went to the cross when He sat with His disciples, knowing that one of them was going to betray Him unto death, that enabled Him to kneel before them and wash their feet, including Judas? It was peace, peace with God. What was the thing that on the cross where Jesus hung there, wrongly accused, that He was able to say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they have done. It was the peace of God. And so that is what Jesus passes on to His disciples. And that is what Jesus passes on to us. The same peace that allowed Jesus to walk through all the trials, including dying for our sins. He gives to us. My peace I give to you. Jesus shared His peace with us and now He calls us to share that peace with others. Hebrews 12, 14 says, Strive for peace with everyone. And Romans 12, 18 says, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. I love this idea of living peacefully with everyone. I love the idea of peace on earth. I love it until someone offends me, (laughs) until someone hurts me, until someone criticises my parenting, particularly if it's passive aggressively. It's hard to live at peace. It's hard to strive for peace. And we're not called to strive for peace. We're not called to make peace with others because it's a good thing to do. We're called to make peace with others because it's what Christ has done for us. And did Jesus make peace with us when we were on our best behaviour? When we had asked for forgiveness? When we had held out an olive branch? No, the Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so I encourage you this Christmas as I encourage myself, make the first move on that relationship. Those people that have hurt you, those people that perhaps you've created a little bit of distance with them, make peace this Christmas. Not because they deserve it, not because it's fair, but because you have received peace from God. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us that God bridged the gap through His Son and now He calls us to bridge the gap with our brothers and sisters because imagine a world where God's people were always taking the first move, where we were quick to forgive, where we were striving for peace. 
Imagine a world where God's people, no matter what was coming up against them, no matter the frustrations, no matter the struggles, no matter the pains, we had the peace of God as a fortress around our heads and our hearts. Imagine a world where we were always the first one to reach out and ask for that relationship to be restored. The world would start to notice. We want our friends and family to know Christ and they're gonna see Christ through us. And sometimes the hardest way to show Christ is through these small steps, striving for peace because of the peace that we have been given. So this Christmas, I encourage you, receive the peace. Welcome God back into your heart. Don't let there be a distance. Welcome Him in. He is waiting with arms wide open. Enjoy the peace. Don't let it be a present sitting on the shelf that you don't engage with every moment that those thoughts of worry or trouble or fear come into your mind. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He has done and receive the gift of His presence to guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And finally, don't keep it to yourself. The best gifts are shared. Strive for peace with everyone. As much as it is up to you, live peaceably with everyone. And then this Christmas, we will truly be able to say together, peace be with you and also with you. Thank you.